our expectations? Which of the things we desire are within reach? If not now, when? And will there be some left for me? Took a walk through this beautiful world Felt the cool rain on my shoulder Found something good in this beautiful world I felt the rain getting colder This is where the real power is, China. If you live in Manhattan like I do and you think you live in the center of the world, this place, Shanghai, will confront you with a very different reality. Turn down a side street, it's an ancient culture. A centuries-old mix of culinary traditions, smells, flavors. A block away, this. An ultra-modern, ever-clanging cash register, levels of wealth, of luxury, a sheer volume of things and services unimagined by the greediest, most bourgeois of capitalist imperialists. The city is split by the Wangpu River, a tributary of the Yangtze, into the older section, which features the Bund, and the newer built-up section of Pudong. The one thing I know for sure about China is I will never know China. It's too big, too old, too diverse, too deep. There's simply not enough time. That's, for me, the joy of China. Facing a learning curve that impossibly steep. The certain knowledge that even if I dedicated my life to learning about China, I'd die mostly ignorant. That's exciting. It's too much. And it's changing so fast. China has a population of around 1.3 billion people. And the number of them who are joining an explosive middle class demanding their share of all that good stuff, infrastructure, the clothes, the cars, the gas to fuel them, is, well, it's the engine that might well drive the whole world. Like Very much, yes. Okay. What do you want? Please uh, order, of course, yes. Some good soup dumplings. <laughs> Professor Zhao Lin is an economist and the current dean of the College of Economics and Management at Shanghai Jiaodong University. Like so many people you meet here, he's Chinese but was educated in American universities and has taught at Yale, Duke, and Arizona State. So you forgive me, um, economics are not my area of expertise. I wallow in ignorance, but um, China looks different every time I come. 
it's changing so, so, so quickly. How did that happen? China enjoy, you know, this long period of peace. No serious enemy, no, no, no major wars. Right. So the manufacturing industry really took off. Internally, it's a reform and open-door policy. Every country willing to trade with China. There's certainly no doubt that at this point, we, our destinies are inextricably bound up. We are hopelessly, in, our economies are hopelessly inter intermingled. If one fails, the effect would be disastrous. Uh, global impact. We are, to say the least. It's uh, certainly... This is what I was waiting for. Xiaolong Bao, literally small steaming basket buns. But I translate them in my head to pillows of happiness that will scald your tongue and throat if you don't know what you're doing. Look, there are a lot of reasons to come to China and to Shanghai in particular. But these babies, done right, these things alone are worth the trip. Ground pork and shrimp folded exactly and always 20 times inside freshly made, individually rolled out dough. As they're steamed, the delicious, delicious fat renders into a soup of the gods, which then, if you're not careful, causes unforgettable maxillofacial damage as it changes your life forever. Oh, so good. In the China of the future, places like this, Fushan Zhaolong, will be even more packed by Chinese, by expats, by visitors looking for the deeply satisfying rush of screamingly hot goodness. The chewy, deeply savory, fragrant, perfectly shaped and folded, ballistically designed delivery vehicles for pure pleasure. And the allure of Shanghai-style pork chop, Jiaju Pei, served with La Jiang Yo, the local take on Worcestershire sauce. It's irresistible. Uh, so I really believe that uh, the world is converging and China will, again, will be privatizing more and more. Right. The, the difficulty nowadays, it's just the technology is so advanced, we don't really need that many people to do things that many people used to. And with the population, seven billion people, the world probably doesn't need that many people working anymore. Right. So the question is that, what should human beings do, you know? How can you let them not doing anything and then still living a good life? Right. I don't know. It's going to be a big issue at the face the whole world. What is the future? I don't know. But to a very great extent, it is surely being determined here. Is there a plan? Probably not. Only appetites. And increasingly, the means to fulfill those appetites, those dreams and aspirations. Who will drive the car that takes us to wherever we are going? They will be young, whoever they are. And not unlike Yao Minji, a 30-year-old Shanghai native educated in the USA at Wellesley, currently a features reporter for the Shanghai Daily. She may be the picture of modern China, but this is Minji's favorite restaurant, Chun. 
China and Shanghai in particular might be transforming fast, but this place stays resolutely the same. Mrs. Xu runs the place, serving classic home-style Shanghainese. There's no menu, no waiting list,、oh. and you only get a seat if she likes you. Oh, I ordered, I ordered too much. Sorry. Oh, oh,、uh, it's fantastic. I'm trying to get all my favorite dishes. No, very happy. <laughs> We're joined by Minji's friends, Lu Jing, an artist, and Matthew Lei, a restaurateur. This looks fantastic. How do you eat these? Whole? I eat them whole because I really like this. <laughs> Ooh, that works.、Mm. Good, yeah. Oh, they're good. I think they cook it in a few seconds. That's the secret. Yobao sha are tiny little shrimp, deep fried first, and then quickly tossed in the wok with garlic, ginger, salt, and soy. What is classic Shanghainese food? What's distinctive about it? Well, this, for instance, it's often black or dark. And heavily inflected with oil, soy, and sugar. Shanghai is, and has been for some time, a city of immigrants, and the food reflects that genealogy. A combination of people from neighboring Zhejiang Province, known for their liberal use of sugar, soy, and vinegar, and from Jiangsu Province, known for fresh ingredients and attention to preserving the aliveness of its dishes. It's the best of both worlds: great sauces. Great ingredients. There's Hong Shao Rou, braised pork belly in a deep red glaze of dark and light soy sauce, cinnamon, sugar, and anise. Hong Shao Chongyu, a small fish poached first in rice wine, salt, and light soy, then fried in ginger, garlic, oil, more soy, and sugar until the liquids reduce into a gorgeous, sticky sauce. Zhongya, duck that's been marinated, blanched. Then reheated, smothered in a sauce made from the reduced drippings left in the wok, with dark soy, salt, and sugar. And this to round things out: yandu shin, a clay pot soup of bean curd based stock with salted pork belly, tofu ribbons, and bamboo shoots.、Mm. Oh, good flavor! This is a socialist country, supposedly. <laughs> yeah. It's a communist country, supposedly. It is, in fact, from all evidence that I've ever seen, the most dynamic capitalist country on earth. <laughs> What do you think about that? I think a lot of my Western friends come here thinking China is a post version of North Korea, or or the party controls everything. But they come here, they're surprised. It's actually not that much. They do seem to be promoting. The free market even more with the free trade zone just、right. established in Shanghai. So it's amazing. From what I see, everywhere I go, the world is becoming more Chinese. Chinese influence, Chinese food.、Uh, you build a casino in Vegas or a hotel in Singapore, you have to consider what will the Chinese <laughs> think. Is that exciting?、Uh, it's exciting. That we finally have a influence that we wouldn't like. China is sort of. In the spotlight,、mm-hmm. in the center of the stage, now that we wouldn't have、mm-hmm. dreamed of, like say, only a decade ago. For me, I think、uh, you know the communist menace that we used to always talk about in America. I think the most terrifying scenario is that China becomes a completely free market, non-socialist, non-communist society、uh, because you'd bury us. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I love few things more than quoting that impeccable communist, Deng Xiaoping. To be rich is glorious. All isms are wasms. Dig deep, and it's always about the money. Meet Tim Say. Resident of Communist China, a man of impeccable taste, one of more than 150,000 Shanghainese millionaires accustomed to the good life. We take the seawater out, replace with champagne. We have it all at once. Hopefully you like it. He likes nice things, and he makes Donald Trump's garish, ticky-tacky empire look like the back of Pauly D's van. Mm. Where are these from? They're great. Uh, France. The fats, fantastic. Wow, they're in good shape. Yes, yes. Too. Well, we keep them happy. Every single one is uh, flying from jet with little seatbelt, so they're nice and happy and safe. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Tim is an investor into real estate, telecoms, and the newly expanding service industries of the new China. He's also the president of Roosevelt China Investments, a very old company with a long history doing business here, created by the Roosevelt family. Maybe you've heard of them. This is his clubhouse. Really, the house of Roosevelt on the Bund, right in the middle of it all. Wine is big here now. The French chateaus, more and more, they look to China as the indicators of price, as the market maker. Tim alone has stocked around 4,000 labels here. China in general bought 2 billion bottles of red wine last year alone. Think about that for a minute. They are now the leading market for red wine in the world. It's pretty amazing here. Wow, I designed this place in five minutes. <laughs> I look at this place for like six months. Uh-huh. Daytime, nighttime, and, and finally one morning I said, I'm going to make a wine cellar out of this. Looks so good. Thank you. Hi, guys. Well, this is nice. Hi. Tim has invited me to dinner alongside a few people that have taken full advantage of the booming economy in China. There's Eva Wang, an architect and designer. Daniel Zhang, a real estate developer. And Coco Xu, a party planner. So you eat like this all the time? Nice wine cellar? Uh, twice a night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we're surrounded by southern French wine and northern Italian mm -hmm. wine. And if you like it, you can eat in different districts of wine country every night. Isn't this supposed to be communist China? I mean, 
It seems like can, can a ask very. Can I question? Are they any one of the Communist Party comrades, party member? No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a red diaper baby, but. but no, what I mean to say is, it just seems that the realm of the possible here is very big. Absolutely, it's a big stage.、Mm-hmm. I mean, in New York City or in other places in the world, you can see that you might build a massive project, but that's probably the only one in the whole city. But in Shanghai, there's ten massive projects going on, and there's ten more coming up in the next couple of years. You know, it's a big world, big city, but small village at the end. And I think food is the best weapons on earth to make peace. It's the food. It's the train. We have better peace on earth. And you probably the United Nations ambassador. <laughs> in time. And these little shrooms are from South Pole, and only New Zealand's has the right. right to farm them. So try it with your wasabi, if you like. A lot of Chinese restaurant in New York. I grew up in the '50s and the '60s, and even then, Chinese restaurant, Chinese food was a, really an essential part of being a New Yorker. I mean, if you didn't know how to use chopsticks as a New Yorker, you were a terrible New Yorker. <laughs> Now we don't ask one thing. Do you know how to speak like a Brooklyn person? It's a tough accent. Queens、uh, is easier. You know, it's a more of a. I, I, I can't. I mean, I I live right next to it my whole life. Can, can you say what I mean? The, the accent.、Oh, we don't want to hear a, a, a Brooklyn one, expression. I just want to hear. Not for nothing. What? Not for nothing. That, that's broken. Not for nothing. But, nothing, nothing. Not for nothing, but、uh, you know, I can really use a little more wine. Yeah. Not for nothing. No, no, no. Nothing, nothing. Nothing, nothing. Not for nothing. Nothing, nothing. Not for. All right. <laughs> Shanghai chef Jackie Shu prepares a meal of a style that will become, without a doubt, more and more typical and in demand here among those who can afford it, and more and more people every day. Can afford it.、Oh, what is it? So we have tomato and potato, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> what else do we have? I lost a tomahawk. Australian wagyu beef,、nice. a massive, perfectly cooked tomahawk chop, coming in the door at up to $150 a pound. That includes bones and fat. This is about a thousand dollars worth of steak, bitches. Even if Tim wanted to serve good old USA beef, still the finest on earth, in my opinion, he can't. China has banned imports of U.S. beef over concerns about mad cow disease. While they carve, a quick trip behind the bookshelf. And now, I want you to show your special place. Wow. So you name your label, the village of wines. I think most of the chance we have it. And、uh, so this size is all our interesting wine that they can keep aging themselves. This is the the house collection. That's correct.、Right. And I want to show you the membership area. Our newest member, Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> and it's all our, our Roosevelt collection of wines. Please open it. Ah. Wow, cool. It's good being me. Thank、It's、you. It's good to have him use. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>
Oh, close that up, man. Wait a minute. Close it up. <laughs> Here's the thing. Even with the modern China rising out of the ground all around you, even with all the things, the same things you see for sale everywhere where people have money these days, even with all that, there's still this China. Shoning Road, just south of People's Square. It's still happening. The good old stuff. The China you first fell in love with. Walk down the street and look in any direction, and there's something to eat. I may not know what it is immediately, but chances are, it's good. We talk about foodies, and what the hell does that mean? By current definition, best I can understand it, that makes just about every Chinese person I ever laid eyes on a foodie. Which is to say, a perfectly reasonable person who enjoys and pays attention to where the good stuff is. Look at this. One street. And look, stuffed oysters grilled over charcoal. Snake treats? Well, yes. And yes, it does taste kind of like chicken. There used to be a lot of streets like this, full of Dai Pai Dong, where you could look, shop around, and eat all out in the open. A happy, riotous, delicious torrent of food. But the government, as governments do, are tightening the screws. Old is bad, new is good. Not everybody thinks this is a good idea, though. Bill Wang was born in Shanghai and studied here at Tongji University. He began teaching English before he was out of college. He suggested we meet at Urguang Wanton, and there may be wonton stalls all over Shanghai, but Bill says this one, this one, is the one. So you're an English teacher? Yes, yes. Uh, most of the people I meet uh, of Chinese background who speak English have, their teachers were British, sometimes Australian or New Zealand, and they have those expressions and that accent. Maybe more and more these days, I guess, younger generation, there's more and more of that sort of TV accent. Is that good or bad? Uh, I think it's good. You know, uh, TV series, especially American TV series, are, are so popular in, in China. What are the most popular American shows in, in China? Uh, right now, uh, House of Cards. House of Cards? Yeah, it's so popular. House of Cards? Yes. Oh, well, that's really interesting. What, what, what do you think the appeal is here? You know, in the show, you know, American, they can talk about president. Right. In China, there's no way you can talk about those sensitive topics. Ah. So many people love that show. It's really, really good. Wow. That's really oh, a surprise to me. Wow, these things are huge. Yes, wonton. It's okay, so you can just put it in. There you go. Mmm. Good. Is it good? Mm -hmm. Minced pork, bok choy, some ginger, moistened with rice wine, soy. It all gets mixed up nicely and folded into the dough. Boiled till just right, then sauced with a powerful mix of soy sauce, vinegar, chili sauce, sesame oil, and peanut butter. 
So you got a kind of sweet, savory, acidy, salty, spicy, umami thing going on with every bite. You want this. Believe me. You want this bad. In fact, you need it. What do your students want to do when they enter the professional field? What's the dream? I think this generation, they are, a lot of them are lost. They don't know what to do. If you ask like a university student, what is your dream? Right. My dream is to buy an apartment in Shanghai, buy a car, you know, that kinds of things. Are there enough jobs for everybody? It's becoming more and more competitive. Right. Everybody wants the best job, but it's only very few of them out there. But I think there's like a huge gap between company and new graduates. Right. Company wants experienced workers. Right. The new graduates also want a good job. Now. Yeah, now. They are not ready for it. Right. So they don't want to do some, you know, hard work, stuff from scratch. Right. So that's the problem, I guess. It looks to me, China in general, Shanghai in particular, is changing very, very fast. Every time I come, it's different. And in your recent memory, I mean, in the last 10 years, what's the most noticeable change to you? Food like this is becoming more and more difficult to find. But this is handmade. And uh, I think it's a real food. It's not very expensive and it tastes great. But a lot of food are, you know, processed food right now. And also, of course, it's internet. It has pros and cons, of course. The good part is that you can get information easily. Right. The bad part is that people don't talk to each other. Even like two people go to a restaurant, you know, like a couple, they right. took pictures and they right. use their cell phone, they don't talk to each other. They're communicating with everybody else in the world, but who's at the table. I mean, they don't enjoy their life, but what's the point, right? So I think It didn't that's... happen until you tweeted, as we say. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. What's clear very quickly here is the way China claims things are, the way things are supposed to be as far as permissible social media and access to information, and the way they actually are, two different things. Meet Thomas Yao, hacker turned entrepreneur. He recently received significant startup money to build what he calls an open source project sharing platform to connect Chinese college students with the world. And when you say hacking, what is, uh, what is, what do you do when you hack? What, what's, the, what's the intent? Actually, it's, it's, it starts from MIT. If you go to the computer science and artificial intelligence building in MIT, it will, it will show you the definition of hack. It's actually a very positive word, but it became a very negative word. Right. So the word hacker is to describe the people who are really, uh, they really like programming and they, they love to share information, just like cooking. You love to share recipes to uh, mm-hmm. other friends who, who, like, who, who love cooking as well. Legally, 
there might be something wrong with it, but morally, do you think there's anything wrong with, like, you're essentially breaking into uh, an information base. Yes. I'm not doing any damage. Yes. I'm going to go in, I'm going to look around, I'm going to see how things work, and I'll leave without disturbing anything. Would most hackers say that that's okay? Yes. Yes. It's in the service of knowledge, that's it's okay. okay for most of the hackers in our communities. I was lucky, I got into a very big, big hacker community here in Shanghai mm -hmm. and met a lot of great mentors. Started in business at 21. Exactly. Quite an accomplishment. I didn't go to the college. You didn't go to college? I didn't go to the college. Why not? Most professors are way behind the, uh, the, 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 the development speed of the communities. Why? You're, the, the country is so advanced in so many other ways. Why in this area? The network problem here in China, uh, we have GFW, the Great Firewall, and it blocked a lot of uh, important information websites in, inside China. And a lot of people, they, they can't get uh, cutting-edge technologies, right. which we don't teach in college at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the human resource problem and the manpower problem is more and more serious, getting more and more serious here in China. Because everyone's going to the Silicon Valley. Uh, they offer better, right. obviously. Anyhow. Oh, here they do. Uh, these are the famous ribs? Yes. Maybe the number one thing that the seriously food-crazed traveler coming back from Shanghai will tell you to eat, other than the soup dumplings, of course, Ziran Paigu, or simply cumin ribs. It takes two cooks working at once to make this dish. One deep fries the ribs in hot oil until just right. Another toasts the ginger, cumin, and other spices in a wok. And then, in go the ribs. And if you're a devotee of what's called wok hay, you sit as close to the kitchen as possible to capture that elusive, fast-dissipating breath, flavor of the wok itself. Toss them around, coating those bones with all that good stuff, then serve. And because we like it to burn, Thomas orders some laza jiding, a spicy chicken dish. Hay means energy, life force, or breath. And that's what you're looking for, the vestigial flavor, the essence of a very old, carefully seasoned cooking vessel. Oddly enough, Thomas tells me there's no Mandarin, or at least Shanghainese word, for wok. It's simply called a cooking pot. Mm. To which I say, I really do know nothing about this country. Oh, fantastic. Wow. It's actually so-so. Yeah? It's actually so-so. No? You're not loving that? Not, not so. Not too good, but it's not bad. To me, and I've eaten a lot of food. Look, this is spicy, fresh, bright, vibrant. Tell After you. this, I will take you guys to. <laughs> I will take you somewhere better. <laughs> so, are you a foodie? You... Yeah, I eat a lot. Were you born here? You're from Shanghai. Yeah, I was born and raised in Shanghai. At least in modern times, it's hard to imagine that any place has changed as profoundly and as changing as quickly as it is changing here. We we, we really feel proud. 
really feel proud. Uh, our qualities of, of life is, is improving really, really fast. In a poll, 85% of uh, Chinese who were asked the question, do you feel that your life will be better next year? 85% said, yes, it will be better next year. This is an extraordinary number. number. Uh, I don't know a lot of other countries that would say that. Uh, yeah. Well, that looks great. Oh, the famous chicken. chicken. So good. Not bad. You know, I'm finding this food really, really delicious. And you, you, you're saying it's just, it's, it's so okay. It's, it's really so, so. so. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Shanghai is one of the biggest cities in the world right now. A global financial center and transportation hub and the world's busiest port. You can smell the money. Maybe the real story is the newly emerging participants in global capitalism. The middle class, the working class, who also want flat screen TVs and cars and vacations and the promise of better for their kids. Take this couple, typical working class Chinese from the workers' paradise. Mei Ning, a bus driver, and Dong Yunyang, his bride-to-be. Today is their wedding day and custom must be observed. When it comes to weddings, the Chinese have always gone big. And these days, bigger still. Lots of food, lots of booze, lots of people. Getting crazy. Which is why Thomas and I have become Wedding Crashers. The Constellation Bar for a pre-wedding drink. The classic Chinese cocktail, the Moscow Mule. Okay, maybe not Chinese. These are good. Yeah. This is the reason I love this place. Mm. Are you married? No, no. No, not yet. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to weddings, yes? Yes. Have you ever crashed a wedding before? No. It's going to be a little weird. I mean, we don't know anybody there. How do you do? Thank you, thank you. Well, I hope the food's good at this thing. You probably have a lot of drinks. It could be uh, really crazy. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. They drink a lot. Really? So, ready to crash a wedding? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Cheers. Here. Yeah. The Chinese wedding is not cheap. You need a banquet room. In this case, the families rented out this place at the historic Park Hotel Shanghai. Chinese weddings, generally speaking, mean the presence of a number of formalities. First, meet the bride and groom upon entering. Red envelope, also known as the Hung Bao. 
Like in Goodfellas, it's a little something for the bride and groom. Help them get started in their new life. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Okay, table set. Often with some must-haves present. Booze, whiskey, smokes for the guests. So this is kind of like a traditional uh, Chinese wedding. They will rent a hotel and... Oh, I know. I do this every week. I go from hotel to hotel, and I crash weddings. Okay. Roast duck? That I will have, of course, and some banyu du, or beef tripe in garlic sauce. Kona crab shelled and then sautéed in garlic and ginger before being stuffed back into the shell. Steamed turbo with scallions. For some wedding as in China, they will have this kind of meal for whole two days, whole weekend. So I'm telling you, we should do this every week. I'll come back, I'm gonna move, I'm gonna move to Shanghai. And you and me. Twice a week, we'll just go go to weddings. You make yourself right. And there is, of course, drinking. Much drinking. She wants you. She wants to chair with you. Ah. Come back. Begins. When I first came to China, uh, it was for business, and one, one after the other, everyone at the table came up and said, Ah, Mr. Bourdain, uh, I would like to do a drink with you. And then, all of it. I didn't know how to politely say no. I can't, I can't. I just kept doing it and doing it. I got super up. I ended up going like to karaoke. I ended up singing a Billy Idol song. So I think I sang White Wedding. She's making it a personal mission to get me seriously drunk. I'm just wondering how you got out of that. When I sat down and I looked around the table and I tried to figure out, okay, who at this table is going to try really hard to get me drunk? I wouldn't have guessed it was going to be her. She <laughs> drinks this white wine all day long. I can drink a lot, but I just don't like the taste of it. Look, uh, we have to get this straight. That is not wine. That's like grain alcohol. <laughs> That's what we call liquor. Oh, yeah, that, something right. like that. Yeah. Okay, so we're clear on that. Now, this is a small wedding by most standards. About 100 guests, 
But just booking the room took two years. A toast, followed by many more toasts. To the bride, to the groom, to happiness, to prosperity. There is a place, there is always a place, where something delicious in a bowl is waiting just for you. Down a street, down an alley, there's a place like this one, where locals will tell you the good stuff lives. They call this stuff long-leg noodles because they say the woman who runs it is tall. Noodles for me are a solitary pleasure between me and my bowl. Fen Li and husband Chi Fun Wang understand this, I think. Now, this is a deceptively good business. What used to be a typical, low-cost, working-class stall of the Dai Dong street variety has in fact blown up, along with the rest of the economy. Rich kids and TV guys like me want to eat here, and they do. How do you make a bowl of perfect happiness? Cook noodles in boiling water, liberally flavored with chilies and lard. Immerse your cooked noodles in a soy-inflected bath of deeply sinister, deeply pleasurable pork stock. Little bit of baby bok choy. Heat for a few seconds, simmering, simmering. Then garnish with a bit of slowly cooked, heavily reduced, almost candied pork. Then suck those noodles loudly and enjoy. Where are we going? Who will drive us there? What will it be like when we get there? I think it will look like this.
Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, host of the Chasing Life podcast. In honor of our 10th season, we want to hear from you. Leave us a message at 470-396-0832 and tell us how you chase life. It could be used on an upcoming episode.